Hi, I'm Claire Marishima. And I'm Sam Tewitt. Welcome to The Nightly from Chimes. On Saturday, November 7th at 11.24 a.m., the Associated Press called that Joseph R. Biden would win the presidential election in Pennsylvania, pushing him past the 270 electoral votes needed to assume the presidency. This week, we talked with students from varying political views about who they voted for and how they feel in the current moment. Andrew Feikema is a junior studying computer science from Munster, Indiana. He is the founder of Calvin Students for Biden and has previously been involved in leadership with the Calvin Democrats. Andrew joined me via Teams from Quarantine to discuss this election. I was not of age during the 2016 election. Then I'd say that I was leaning Hillary Clinton in those years, kind of my formative period of gaining a liberal conscience. But in this time, uh, 2020, is very excited to vote for Democrats up and down the ticket, all the way from Joe Biden to um, local candidates for local offices. A number of issues were key. Uh, also, it was philosophy of what this country meant to me and what this country has been in its history. So when we talk about issues, I'd say that personally, equal as- access to healthcare is a strong issue for me, climate change. And those philosophies include um, a faith in democracy, confidence in decency and character and dignity. Uh, yeah. So those were big reasons for me for voting for Democrats. During the Democratic primary process, when we had our several contenders, um, there, was, there was this kind of universal notion that, okay, Joe Biden was very likely to clinch this nomination. It was either him or it was going to be Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And I had, I remember specifically, I was saying to other people, like, man, if, if Joe Biden gets nominated, which I expect, I will not be excited at all, but I will vote for him. Um, but come this time, I find that I am kind of irrationally excited to vote for him and encourage people around me to vote for him and other Democrats as well. Supporting Biden, not an act of malintention. You're not going out to hurt anybody in your support for Joe Biden uh, uh, as a moderate. I personally have not lost any friends over my support for Joe Biden, especially not from the right. If anything, I would actually say that it might have increased some tension with my friends from the left, which is very surprising. I would have never expected. Uh, years ago to find myself in this position where I am too conservative to be in certain circles <laughs> as a yeah. as a strong liberal um, but in that is that is just the case in the environment that we live in now we have in this society in a number of ways a need for radical change that has not been addressed certainly not by conservatives and in some ways has not been addressed from liberals. And people on the left see that, and they're asking these tough questions. Um, How can you support these liberal candidates when they have not necessarily stood for the change that we need? There has been a little bit of tension there between me and some of the people I know who are more left-leaning. 
it's it's a new situation into which we have to hold each other to account of our ideas. Maxim Ziski is a senior studying political science from Goodrich, Michigan. He's been involved with the Calvin Republicans since his sophomore year at Calvin and now serves as their president. Uh, in regards to the 2016 election, I actually did vote in that. I was 18 at the time. That was an interesting experience. I have experience for the fallout firsthand as a first-time voter and also firsthand experience of being a voter in the 2020 election this year. In 2016, yes, I did vote for Trump. Uh, I originally, if I do remember correctly on the primary, I put down Marco Rubio as the candidate I wanted, but ultimately by the summer, I was convinced that Trump would be the best candidate at moving forward. And so I voted for him in 2016. Going into this year, I very much decided early on, yeah, I'm going to stick with my vote going towards President Trump. Until all the concession is handled and all the legal cases have been settled and all the dust has settled, because this has been a very high-stress election year, we're not going to call two races. We're not going to call the presidential race, and we're not going to call the Michigan race for U.S. Senate. And mainly those were because those are being very contested in that there are legal litigations of suspected voter fraud. I know some people are saying that voter fraud is, I mean, that voter fraud in some case is fake news. However, there has been clear evidence to suspect that there has been voter fraud. Uh, one report I do want to point to on that is Project Veritas. They have had numerous people come out basically recording and whistleblowing on voting, I mean, election counting procedures, one being in Traverse City, where a post office worker released info saying that his supervisor was making the staff basically put November 3rd on ballots that were collected a day after the election. The video that Max is referring to was indeed posted by Project Veritas and has an anonymous figure claim that postal workers in Michigan were told to backdate the postal marks on envelopes so that they would read November 3rd on November 4th. Even if this happened, which we cannot verify, it would have no bearing on the election in Michigan. The county clerk for that area told PolitiFact that, quote, even if the ballots were postmarked as November 3rd, they cannot be counted because the ballots have to be in the hands of the township or city clerks by 8 p.m. on November 3rd. I had a lot of friends in high school that I felt basically somewhat distanced themselves or didn't want to associate with me as much after 2016, and I feel that was more of the case then. However, once I came to Calvin, I feel that I was able to connect with some fantastic people. I had fantastic sweet mates freshman year. I still have some really good, strong friends. And I also got connected with groups of other students that somewhat had similar goals, similar values, and similar beliefs to me. Would I like Trump to be president again? Absolutely. I think most other conservatives would agree with me on that. However, we also realize that life moves on, that 
basically it's not the end of the world. It's not going to be mass candlelight vigils for that our candidate lost or that we're upset with the direction the country's going. We're going to keep moving forward and pushing the policies and beliefs that we think are best for America. Carly Cronkright is a fifth-year student from Ottawa, Illinois, studying political science and international relations. Prior to coming to Calvin, she was at Highlands College in Alabama, earning a certificate in ministry leadership. Last spring, she interned at the Embassy of Rwanda in Washington, D.C. There are a lot of issues that were really important to me in this election. I look back on the last four years of Donald Trump being our president, and um, and there's just so much that I've been very frustrated with and very sad about. He has done a really good job at dividing the country and dividing the people in the country. And also, like, if you don't agree with what he believes in, like, he attacks you, and that makes his supporters more ready to attack you. And I think it's totally okay for people to have different opinions, but um, we just live in a culture of attacking one another. And that is just really sad. And then coming into 2020 with the coronavirus pandemic and then the Black Lives Matter movement, it's been really painful to be an American this year. And so I was going to vote against Trump regardless, but this year has made it even more apparent that like he needed to go. I am a voter who is anti-Trump. Back in 2017 at the school that I was attending at the time, we had a pastor say that like, God has appointed Trump and God has put him in this position. I think there's a verse in Acts that said that God has appointed every leader. And so in being in the poli-sci world, you hear that a lot, especially here at Calvin when you're mixing like your Christianity views and the political views. But then just like hearing Christian leaders say like God has appointed him and God has used him and like he is like fulfilling prophecy. And then hearing what he says about other people and seeing his actions about other people, it just doesn't line up. <laughs> and so I'm very much a anti-Trump voter, um, but I am content with Biden. I was going to vote for Pete Buttigieg, and I really hope, wished he was the Democratic seat for this, but I'm, a, I'm content with Biden, and I believe that he does care about the American people. And, and I think of, like, all of the people that have been negatively affected by, by the Trump administration, like, this is such a huge victory. And I know, like, right now we're still in this process of the president not conceding and what that means and what that might mean. But the end result is, like, Joe Biden won by a lot. Like, even if you recount every vote, Joe Biden will still be the end winner. <laughs> there might be a couple hundred votes that either get thrown away or, like, weren't counted correctly, but that won't be enough for Donald Trump to win. I have gotten in a couple Facebook conversations or Instagram conversations about the election, about Black Lives Matter, and even coronavirus. I would say I've probably lost or damaged some relationships. I try to be someone who is very, like, factual. Like, I'm going to bring you facts and with support because, like, I'm not going to fight something just based on my opinion. Like, there needs to be stuff backing up what I am thinking or believing. I can tell you that I've lost some Instagram followers because I'll like post things that aren't necessarily for like pro-Biden or pro the Democratic Party, but it's more of like, this is how many people have died because of the coronavirus. 
I think it's really easy for us right now to lose the faith, to get into a rut of just saying that whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But I believe that there's so much more in store for this country, for the world. And we can play a part right now, like today, to be a difference in that. And so figure out how you can make the world better today for you and for the people around you. Stephanie Robinson is a junior studying biology from DeWitt, Michigan. She's the founder of Turning Point USA at Calvin and has been a proud supporter of President Donald Trump since 2016. I've been a Trump supporter the whole way. I really did have a lot of respect for Dr. Ben Carson, but I didn't see him as being president. And so I'm really glad that he is on Trump's cabinet right now, but I was a Trump supporter from 2016. I was drawn to support President Trump because he was not a politician. He was a businessman and he knew how that business and economic side worked. And I also appreciated that he was unafraid. He just came off bold, he came off confident, and he committed to a bunch of promises and many of which he fulfilled during his presidency. Being a Trump supporter at Calvin is challenging. I definitely believe that I'm in the minority. A couple weeks ago, I published an article in the Chimes, Seven Reasons Why as a Christian I'm Voting for President Donald Trump. And so I think that was a big step for me to be able to come out and vocally say my beliefs because it wasn't well received. I had a lot of Facebook comments that were pretty harsh. The Chimes even had to take some of them off because they were personal attacks against me or they weren't appropriate. I even had to go talk with campus safety about one that was kind of like a threat if the person saw me in the street, like bad things are gonna happen. So I'm thankful that the university handled that and campus safety handled that and looked into that more. So it's definitely, uh, you feel a little bit suppressed in like what you can say and not say because you're afraid that maybe a professor will mark down your grade if you have conservative beliefs. I know here at Calvin talking with other conservatives. They do feel like it's hard to express their beliefs. They're afraid to do it because of what other people will think or what their professors will say. And it definitely can feel lonely at times, which is partly why I started Turning Point USA at Calvin. So I started Turning Point because I wanted to create a community for conservative students to feel welcome, to get involved, because we're definitely in a minority um, campus. I have struggled with a couple of friendships here at Calvin because of my political beliefs, and that has been challenging, and I am just praying for those friendships and whatever God's will is for them. That is one of the difficult things about coming out and speaking your political views very vocally and openly. Not everyone is going to like what you say or accept what you say, and so that is just something that you have to kind of count the cost with before coming out. And so sometimes some of my friends I don't talk politics with at all, and some of my friends I talk politics with all the time. It just depends, and I don't think that a friendship should be dependent on your political views. It should be dependent on, like, what relationship you want to have as friends. If I were to give a message to the other side of the aisle, I would want to talk about the recent call for unity. I think there's two different types of unity, cultural unity and political unity. Culturally, we are founded on the principle of e pluribus unum, out of many one, in that culturally we're all Americans, right? However, um, political unity is a little bit different in that 
I think calls for political unity can sometimes be seen as agreement or thinking the same way. And I think that can be dangerous if the calls for political unity are to shut down the diversity of thought or the thoughts of one side. And so I would just say that as we continue to see this call for unity, we just have to remember that it's not necessarily agreement and that it's very important to have diversity of thought and be able to express different views and to have unity through our differences and unity through diversity. Across the board, Calvin students were excited to vote in this election, many of them for the first time. Although there is still much uncertainty, there is no doubt that this moment is historic. Thanks for listening to The Nightly. Thanks also to this week's guests, Andrew Feikema, Carly Cronkright, Maxim Ziski, and Stephanie Robinson. Stay tuned for more untold stories from Calvin University. The Nightly is the official podcast of Calvin Chimes. This episode was hosted by Claire Murashima and Sam Tewitt. It was produced by Claire and edited by Sam. Lauren DeVries provided additional production assistance. William Van Zeitveld composed our theme. If you have a story you're looking to tell or are interested in joining the team, you can email us at sjt28 at students.calvin.edu.